BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Dealing with the one, the top 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about the money. No, it's absolutely not. Mm-mm. What is it? It's about the person. When I think of the man that I want to build a life with, and I think of the man that I want to start a family with, I think of a man that thinks enough of himself and others to be successful. Because I think it's selfish to be broke. Because you can't do anything for other people, let alone yourself. And I feel like when, for me, like it's not about, oh, let me buy me this or take me here or do that. Like I have every intention of building schools in Africa and helping to provide sanitized water. Like there's so many things that I want to do that I feel like if I wasn't with a partner that also desired to be a contribution, I wouldn't do it. Because I feel like most women, our truest desire is to be a helpmate, even though whether we're successful or not. I don't desire to be masculine Sarah and my <coughs> Mm-hmm. I'm, I could be businesswoman, philanthropist, serial entrepreneur. I could be all the things of that in the world. But when I get into the house, I want to follow my man's lead. So if your lead is going nowhere, I don't choose you. I powerfully choose the man that says, I owe it to myself, to my family, and to others. Describe myself in two words, rich and unemployed. These stones cost two birds. Let it count it when she bored. Deposit hit chicks, clearing ace. Nothing void. I know that ain't my ex calling. Null and void. Where we going? Money going up. Money welcome. My money going welcome, up. Welcome, welcome to the Rich and Unemployed podcast. And uh, here we interview rich and unemployed people. And we have a very, very special guest. This is actually her second time on the show. The first time, it wasn't this setting. <laughs> no, I was sprawled out on a couch. It was... Um, that sounded crazy. Whoa, whoa. It was too... Yeah, that sounded crazy. Too. It was uncut. I okay. did the uncut. Yeah, she did the uncut version, <laughs> How to Love a Black Man. Um, and how do you feel about that? Were you ridiculed? With oh, sheesh. You, you know what? It's funny because I'm, I'm like a, I teach self-love, right, uh-huh. and confidence and belief and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I never really get attacked. I get a lot of, like, love and, and gratitude and appreciation for the mm-hmm. way that I post. And when I tell you women were so upset <laughs> by the things, by the way, they were true, mm-hmm. but they were so upset by what I said. And I think that what really was crazy to me was there were actually there was a few women that reposted your post one of them called me 
a low confidence, no, low self-esteem pick me woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for the audacity, uh, number audacity. one, you even know me. And then when I when I sent her a message, it I was really like, you know, this is irresponsible and <laughs> and kind of reckless. You know what I mean? Like you, this is one minute yeah. taken out of context out yes. of two and a half hours. So, you know, I definitely got some ridicule, but it thickened my skin, and I don't read comments anymore. I don't even care. Say what you want. I'm glad. So if you haven't checked out the episode, please go check out the episode. It was very, very... Controversial. It wasn't controversial. It was just a good episode. The clips I put on Instagram... It was the truth is what it was. It was. It It was. was really a lot of the truth. But that one minute clip just kind of... Rub people the wrong way. The wrong way. And they just was not feeling you. <laughs> all, the women. The men yeah. were, yeah, but yeah. the women were like, mm-mm. Like, go watch the video. So go ahead and formally introduce yourself to the people. What's up, y'all? My name is Sarah Fontenot. I am a serial entrepreneur. Like, my whole my whole little thing, like how I started where I'm at, mm-hmm. like in 30 seconds or less. Hi, guys. So I started in network marketing over 10 years ago, and I built to the top 1% of the company. I took the lessons, the tools, the strategies. I started doing high-ticket one-on-one coaching. Um, I have a mindset motivation t-shirt line. I'm an international speaker. I'm an author. I have courses. I'm an investor, a philanthropist, all of the cool things. But more than anything, honestly, my biggest accomplishment is what you see is what you get. And maybe not so much because I love hair and makeup and all those things, but my spirit, like this is really me. When I'm on, I'm all the way on. When I'm off, I'm all the way off and everything in between. And I'm unapologetically that. And I feel like in a world where people try to force you into a box, I won't do it. And that is my biggest accomplishment. Do you practice that? No. <laughs> was that okay? Did I sound like I like practiced? That was just like the best elevator pitch I ever heard in my life. Oh, was it okay? You know. <laughs> like, hey, what you do for a living? Well, <laughs> I love I've, it I've been you. waiting on this moment. <laughs> <laughs> stay ready so you have to get ready, you know? That's what they say. I like that. I need to work on mine, actually. Um, <laughs> no, you named a lot of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many things. Um, yeah. I don't even know where to start. So, okay, where did you begin? Where did you begin in your path to entrepreneurship? Honestly, I began, I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. Mm -hmm. So actually to rewind before that, I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm from a small town in Saskatchewan, Canada. I moved to Los Angeles by myself to pursue acting. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because even that was a fluke. I thought the only ways to be successful was doctor, lawyer, engineer, or entertainment. I knew I couldn't be a doctor. Blood makes me... Not a model? Oh, my God. Well, I, I liked entertainment. That's what, mm. what brought me to L.A. Okay. I knew I couldn't be a doctor. My mom's an engineer. I didn't want to be an engineer. And I was like, yo, high key, yeah. I got some debating skills. I could be a lawyer. But then I counted the costs, and I'm not interested in reading things yeah. I'm not interested in. So that brought me to entertainment. And so I was struggling my everything off. I was that girl. I always say, like, I was a girl digging in the couch trying to find three dollars so i could put it on pump five not because mm-hmm. i was in a rush but because that's really all that i had i was a girl calling my mom every month saying yo can you please help me pay my rent and if she told me no get a job i call my sister and be like yo can you send me twenty dollars like i was i was always hustling trying to figure figure it out mm-hmm. um and my family they're very supportive so how i said that might sound a little crazy but i was always asking for help um, otherwise, I would just hustle and figure it out. I'd shoot a commercial here. I'd do a short film there. I'd, all the little things that I could do to make $50, $75. And I was struggling to pay $781 a month. Mm. Now I have two places in two states, and they're both real expensive. You know, So I feel like 
for me, one of the things when I talk to anyone is I want people to know that it doesn't matter where you start. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people disqualify themselves right, right. before they've even begun because mm -hmm. their circumstance and their situation, but that's not who we are. Mm -hmm. That's just where we're at. Mm -hmm. And at any moment it can change, you know? I love that. So you didn't really have a direction. You didn't know no clue. where you was gonna end up. No. So at what point did it change for you? Oh, man, I feel like God works in the most beautiful, mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. I loved acting. I've actually done quite a few things, um, but I hated the industry. I was like, this is a dark, crazy industry. And yeah. I, I love the art of it, but just the politics and all the things in the background, I didn't like. And so I actually was in the Miss California pageant. We ain't even going to talk about it, okay? <laughs> yes, I was in the Miss California pageant. And um, there was a girl that I... That I that, invited me to this workout and I was like I don't want to work out with you and it's funny because um, she kept inviting me kept inviting me she was my friend and then mm -hmm. six weeks later I saw her at orientation and she looked like a Barbie doll and I was like, we both needed to lose weight for the pageant and I was like first of all surgery doesn't heal this fast what drugs are you taking and she was like I'm not taking drugs come work out with me I was like no I don't want your workout I want your drugs <laughs> and she was like she was like no for real come work out and so on accident, that's how I slipped and fell into network marketing. And then inside of network marketing, what I love about it, and there's a lot of people, some of the most successful people that you see today started in network marketing, but mm -hmm. they don't claim it for whatever reason. But the truth of the matter is, it's an incredible grooming ground. And um, I wouldn't be or have built half of the things I hadn't built if I didn't have the systems, if I didn't have the discipline, mm -hmm. if I didn't have the mindset, because it teaches you to work harder on yourself than you do in anything else. Mm -hmm. And um, to be the person before you have the things. And so I'm really grateful for that. So it was completely unintentional. Right. And then getting into starting my own businesses, um, a lot of people would ask me all the time, like, Sarah, how are you so strong? I was like, I'm not like I literally am over here crying myself to sleep at night. But what is it? And I, I started to really reflect on myself. Like, what is it that I actually do? And so I learned two things. Number one, sometimes the people around you notice your strengths in you before you do. Mm -hmm. And number two, reflect and like fine tune those things. So I started, I started like really reflecting and started writing down. What is it that I do? Oh, there's something to this. And so honestly, I slipped and fell in from being like good at things yeah. and like mastering those things. I wanted to be the best at everything that I did. I don't know if you've read the five levels of leadership, tribal leadership, and that talks no. about it's a really great book for like leadership, but I was very much in the I'm great stage. Mm -hmm. I needed people to know I'm great, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it was actually a really big chip on my shoulder too, which is a whole other story we don't need to talk about, or we can. <laughs> um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did you become the number one, what was the title? Number one? Top 1%. Top 1% in network marketing. Like how did you become that? What was, what was it about you that helped you scale that, that fast? Well, how fast did you get to that point? It, well, I went from a quarter of a million to a million in six months. Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes, we don't talk about the five years it took me to build up to that point. Five years. Five years to go from a quarter of a million to a million. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is, I feel like oftentimes, inside of any business, I feel like people are always looking for the platinum needle in a haystack, especially in network marketing. They're like, I need to find my big fish. I need to find my, same with like uh, people just in business period. Their big fish are friends and family members. They're relying yeah. on those special people that are gonna come and make their business happen. And I always say, instead of trying to find the needle in the haystack, because I spent five years trying to do that, mm -hmm. I decided to cultivate the, the haystack. And what I realized about entrepreneurship, another really great book is Michael Lee Gerber's The E-Myth. Have you mm -hmm. read that one? 
No, you read a lot of books. I do read a lot of books. I'm an <laughs> avid reader, voracious reader. Um, but it talks about inside of entrepreneurship, the issue is that people think that entrepreneurship is just doing the thing or having big vision. But there's three parts to it, right? So there's the entrepreneur who has like the big vision. I want to I wanna do this. I see this. You're resilient no matter what. Like you get knocked down, you get back up. But if you're not actually, number two, taking the action, which is the technician of doing the work, like actually meeting the people, building the relationships, doing the sales, all of those things, then you won't actually make any money. And you can't really be successful moving forward if you don't, number three, have management, have some kind of structure or system in place, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, most people inside of of really any business, not even just multi-level marketing, but in most businesses, they don't have all three. They either have the entrepreneur and the technician, but they have no structure. And so they're a slave to their business, mm-hmm. right? Most people think what they own is a business, but what they own is a job mm-hmm. with an owner's title, mm. which is the worst job to have, <laughs> you know? So um, a lot of people become a slave because they haven't mastered all three. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I, 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 I got really passionate about teaching people what are the baby steps? What do I need to do every single day? And I created this thing called Strive for Five, which was five really simple steps for the normal person. This is what you got to do. Take an hour a day. You don't have to do net any business. You don't have to do any business for 24 hours a day, yeah. right? I do not believe in like burnout. And yeah. so many people are burning themselves out because they're busy, but they're not productive. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not as productive as they could be. Yeah. Right. Yes. I know the episode is getting really good. Before we dive any deeper, I need to get into the sponsor for this today's episode. Being an entrepreneur, creating and maintaining a business is tough. We all know this. There's a thousand other people that's grinding just like you. What I'm getting at is you don't have to do this alone. Did you know that there's a morning call every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern? It's called the Morning Meetup, made for you. It's created by David Shans, the top entrepreneur who built multi-million dollar businesses. Yes, you heard this correctly. This is a group made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Do you feel stuck? That means you need to get into the room with high-level entrepreneurs. Get in the room. Basically, if you're tired of holding your own weight and it's entrepreneurship, you need to join. www.themorningmeetup.com. Join, connect, grow. I'll see you guys there. It's back to the episode. Sure. So are you still in network marketing? No. At what point did you stop? What year? Probably like four years ago, four and a half years ago now. Mm-hmm. I'm not great with time, but probably like four and a half years ago. Mm. It was great. It served its purpose. Yeah. I needed it. They actually, it, it didn't end as beautifully. Now I could talk about it, but at the time I felt like I went through a divorce because they made me choose. They said, you can do this. Or, and at the time I was building my other businesses and I was successful inside of my other businesses. And they said, you can do this or you can do that. Choose yourself? Yep. Or choose them. Nah, come on now. You don't know who you're talking to. First of all, mm. I am the queen of jump and grow mm. wings. You know, I'm, I've mastered how to pivot, right. like figure it out. You know, like companies, they will see the potential in you. They see you mm-hmm. and they're scared for you to move on. Yeah. You know, like if you could do this for one company, I could do this for myself. Why would I stay right. with you guys when I can put the same time and energy into like my own business. And yes. So what business did you start right after that? High ticket coaching was one. I had a course that was two and I had a t-shirt line that was three. So I had all three of them at the same time. Let's talk about high ticket coaching. Yeah. Um, when you say high ticket, how, like, what was the range? When I started, it was 5,000. It mm-hmm. went up to 17,500. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to go up to 25,000, but I don't like coaching. You don't like coaching? I don't like coaching. 
I don't love coaching. For any coaches, the money is great. The money is phenomenal. It's really easy to get. Yeah. But you're a slave to your business still. What don't you like about coaching? Because, I mean, I tried it. I ain't going to say I hate it, but it was some things. I don't hate it. Okay. I just some things I just don't like about it. I don't like the entitlement to my time. And I think, too, being a woman, you've got to set the precedent of who you are and yeah. what this is for and what people are going to get. Because mm-hmm. sometimes people think that because you're a woman, that that means that you're easy to walk over or people can be entitled to you. Or this is what you know. Actually, yeah. if you read the contract, this is what you're getting. Um, and not to say that I had no one had bad results. I actually said no to more people because honestly, I had a lot of people that would try to get my services just to try to talk to me also. And I'm not here for that, you know? So um, I feel like inside of coaching, number one, people feel very entitled to your time. Mm -hmm. And at first, if you don't set the boundary around yourself and your time and people are calling you saying, hey, I really need you to do this. And at first it's like, okay, yeah, I want it because you want to get a result for them so bad that you almost like betray your own boundaries, Mm -hmm. like your own time, your own self-care. And now if you have, let's say you have 15 people that you're dealing with at a time, that's a lot of people telling you what to do, what needs to be done. It's research for you. It's homework for you. It's a lot of, it's a lot. And I, I was really committed to getting the best result that they could possibly have. Mm-hmm. And so I am not excited about coaching. Now I'm excited about speaking. I love speaking. It's uh-huh. my, it's my heart work. Hold on. Um, <laughs> was it group coaching or one-on-one coaching? One-on-one coaching. High ticket one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. And you were just teaching people how to basically sell a high ticket offer. No, no, no. I no, no. So my whole thing is I teach people how to get out of their own way mentally and emotionally first because most You had a high ticket. Yeah. That's okay. All right. I was confused. All right. Go ahead. (laughs) And then I taught people how to start, grow, and scale their business after that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like so many people in today's day and age is they get so caught up inside of the I YouTube my life away. I go to Google University. Mm-hmm. I read the books. I've taken the seminars. I've done the masterminds. I'm on the courses. I'm doing all those things, but they never start. Uh-huh. And the reason why, and there's so much research that I've done and so many really cool things, but the issue is usually not strategy, resources, or action steps. The issue is usually some kind of worthiness. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, there's actually a statistic I read. Yo, it was so crazy. 67% of people... 67% of people don't think anyone would care if they died. Damn. Seven out of 10 people. That means like, like people question their purpose. They question why they're here. They question, you know, why is this all happening to me? What, like, what is it all for? People literally question those things because they don't even think anybody cares about them. That's crazy. They don't even, most people don't even care about themselves. Two out of three people have low self-esteem, mm-hmm. which means they question their capabilities. They question what's possible. They have fears and doubts and all those things that stop them. So that's really what I enjoy doing is seeing the transformational work of people getting out of their own way so then they can start growing scale a business. I'm still thinking about um, how many people, that's seven out of ten people. Yeah. And here I am thinking like, man, I don't need to be dying because... So many people like depend on me. Right. And wow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't never, never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from that point, mm-hmm. you, you quit coaching. How long, how long did that last? Oh, that was for years. Years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was you. for years. I, I just, it wasn't my passion, you yeah. know, it wasn't what I loved doing. I loved seeing the transformation, 
but it just was it's like sometimes we, we're so good at things mm-hmm. that we don't ever tap into the great because we're blocked by the good mm-hmm. like i'm good at i'm 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 good at coaching i am i'm mm-hmm. good i'm we're all good at a lot of things but it does that mean that that's what we're supposed to be doing even if you like think about relationships right people can be such good people but that doesn't mean that those two goods need to be together mm-hmm. you know same thing in business like just because you're good at it is that what you should really be doing you know or is that what you're doing because it's convenient and it's easy and it's comfortable right that's what it was for me it was convenient easy and comfortable I've been in plenty of situations like that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's hard to leave those situations because you don't know what's next. You don't know what's ahead. Like, oh, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And what was it for you? What was next? Coaching, t-shirt, courses, speaking. Now, with all the stuff that, before the speaking, mm-hmm. were you, were you getting into rooms? Were you, were you uh, getting mentors? Like, how did you just... That's what it was. I have, yeah, I have some pretty crazy mentors. Uh-huh. And I'm in some pretty awesome rooms. Mm-hmm. And I also think that because of who we are and how we show up in the world, and I am intentionally an optimistic person. Mm-hmm. Like, I choose to see the brighter side. I feel like people that are negative, it, like, puts a, like, ugh. You know, like, I don't even want to be around a negative person mm-hmm. that's negative all the time. Obviously, mm-hmm. we have bad days, character-building days or whatever, but... Um, I feel like my energy and my expectation, because even in the Bible, we're supposed to walk inside of expectation. I have an expectation that like when we remember, this is, this is literally inside of our lives. When we remember who we really are and whose we really are, we start to take off the labels, the BS of who, like of what the world try to put on us and become, you know, source, tap into source, Mm -hmm. like who God put us on this planet to be. And when we can do that and you walk inside an expectation, you start attracting on a way crazier, different wavelength. And so because of that, I have a lot of really incredible mentors in my life. I have billionaires in my life, multimillionaires in my life. I've hit a million, you know, like all of those different things because I believe who I'm being, you know? I believe so strongly in like the power of just like becoming, you know? Mm. We never arrive, but it's really cool to still become anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like I'm in that stage right now. I love that. I really do, like the the the, the quality of people that are in my life right now. Yes. People that have been in my life less than a year. And I sit back and think, wow, yeah. <laughs> how? Right. How? Yeah. So when I see you guys at the... Um, at the Wealth Builders event the other day, and I was just looking at you, Ty, Marvin. I was like, you know, I, I met these people less than a year ago, and they just like they're just friends, like, and they just want to help me. And it's like, how did I even get to this point? And you know, just like you said, like being optimistic and becoming. Mm. You know, like I'm not really worried about. I'm I'm more focused on the now. Mm-hmm. Not so much of the future or like who am I going to meet? Or how are they going to help me? It's just about like who's coming right now? Who's helping me right now? What, who I am right now? What is my platform doing right now? And not so much worried about the future. Like, oh, damn, like maybe what if I don't? What if I don't hit a million followers? Or what if I don't hit $10 million? Like, it's not important. Right. Like, do what's important now. Live in the moment. I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking, I didn't even know you were a speaker. I, I just out of anywhere like I just started seeing you just speaking and I was like 
what is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you get into that? Um, first, did you have a fear of uh, getting, getting on stage and, and speaking? I can't say I had a fear of actual speaking, mm -hmm. but I used to like get so nervous. And I remember the first time before I ever went on stage, and I'm so grateful for his, this man. His name is Jan Zanz. I've probably seen him in my life 10 times ever because mm -hmm. he used to speak at a lot of the same events I did. And um, when I got to go on stage, he was like, good for you. Like, mm -hmm. you get to you. Okay, all right. And I was like, I'm so nervous. Like, I, I, I used to have to have cue cards every time I spoke. And if I didn't have cue cards, I had to have a PowerPoint. And on stage with the cards? On stage. Couldn't tell me nothing. Now, I didn't <laughs> read. It would be like, and this is one thing for speakers, guys, for speakers, if you're a speaker or an aspiring speaker, I write bullet points. And then under the bullet point, like, let's say I'm going to have, like, tell my story. And then it'll say bus stop because I got robbed at a bus stop. Then it'll say car broke down because my car broke down. A gas gauge used to point forward. And then it would say, um, you know, success. Success does not come to me. I have to go to it. So it'd be like, like these bullet points where I could easily tell a story and teach a point at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I remember the first, and now I teach like that. But whereas before it was like, so, so, so nervous, but Jan Zanz, shout out to you, Jan Zanz, he's probably never going to see this, but it's okay. Um, Jan Zanz said, if you make it about you, there's room for judgment, but if you make it about them, you can only bless them. Like you can only, you can only, it's not, a, you're, you're the messenger, you're not the message. So go and deliver the message, you know? Like this is, you're serving people. And so it took off so much pressure off of me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm literally just here to talk to one person. If I can change one person's life, then I've done my job. And so now I've spoken in the US, I've spoken in Canada, I've spoken in Iceland, I've spoken in Greece, I've spoken in Mexico. I've, sp I've spoken all, literally all over the world mm -hmm. about self-development, leadership development and business development. And I feel like, you know, when I was really at my prime of speaking, I wasn't taking videographers around. I'm like, I'm out here doing what I do. People mm -hmm. coming up to me and I, I, I feel like when I really found like I made it because really my message is more geared towards, I wanna say women, but mm -hmm. I do have men in the group, but it's really geared more towards women, female entrepreneurs, moms, like people that are just stuck in their own way. Mm -hmm. And I remember this was in Iceland. I think it was Iceland, it might've been Sweden two middle-aged white men came up to me crying, telling me, oh my God, Sarah, you've changed my life. I'm never gonna, and, and in that moment, number one, I'm a crier. So like, if you cry to me, I'm gonna be crying with you and it's just gonna be a cry fest. Um, but in that moment, I was like, wow, God, like we're really up to something here mm -hmm. because I think my superpower and what I've been intentional about with speaking is making the concepts that everybody makes cliche I make them really simple to do. Like people will say things like, oh, you gotta believe in yourself. What the hell does that mean? Because I'm believing in myself and 10 years ago when my lights were shut off and people are seeing, be the light. Like yeah. it's feeling real dark over here. You know what I mean? Like real talk. When, when those sayings are said, it's like, okay, but this is what you actually have to do. Belief is an action word. Breaks down into five simple steps. You know, fear looks like this. How do you, so I, I teach a lot of the how inside of um, the neurological, neuroplasticity mindset, um, subconscious type of way so that we can reprogram, literally reprogram the way that you think. If you change the way you think, you change the way you act. If you change the way you act, you change your future, right? So um, 
that's like my that's really my heart work that's my passion and that's what I love like yeah we could talk starting business growing business scaling business cool been there done that but my heart is to see the people that are mm -hmm. like I can take this home and still do it when I leave here and all the raw raw and the motivation and the inspiration is gone Ooh, I can go into my toolkit and I can use this tool to get out of my own way because mm -hmm. I'm in my stuff right now mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so yeah I've been speaking for almost 10 years 10 yeah you sound really passionate about it I love it mm -hmm. I really love it I love it I love it <laughs> I love it what would you say to someone like me that wants to be a public speaker public well, that wants to get into public speaking mm -hmm. because I don't I don't say I have a fear how can I say maybe it's just anxiety maybe nervousness or maybe not having a direction really mm. like, like when I get in front of like sometimes people oh they they offer these situations like hey I want you to come to this event and speak and I'm like speak about what <laughs> But it's like, you know, the same thing that I speak about my Instagram. It's like, okay, well, why would I repeat that? Yeah. I don't know. But you know what is funny? So mm -hmm. when I saw Inky Johnson, do you know who Inky Johnson is? Inky Johnson. He, he's a football player. He had an injury. He was draft number one draft pick in the NFL. And then in one of his games for college, like he's about to go into the NFL, has this amazing contract. He gets hit crazy, paralyzed one of his arms, literally. That guy. Yes. Yeah. Inky Jones and phenomenal story. And there's so many ways where I was like, dang, like metaphorically speaking, I felt like I had paralysis. Like I couldn't, I couldn't overcome certain things. So anyway, um, I really related to him. And I used to think when I was a speaker, I had to have all of these different, every time I went to speak somewhere, I had to say something new, say something different, mm -hmm. have different. Most of these speakers are saying, it's like a, like, have you been to a comedy show before? Mm -hmm. Have you been to someone's comedy show in the same year? Yes. And it's the same show? Mm -hmm. It's the same show, right? Because the people that you're serving in that space, like maybe some have looked you up, maybe some haven't, but they want to they wanna hear the goods. And if mm -hmm. your story and the way that you tell the story and the way that you help people grow and you figure that out, then keep telling that because you're telling it to new people. Mm -hmm. And then in a year, when your skit is when your show is over, right? That tour is over. <laughs> yeah. You come up with the next show, mm -hmm. and it's better because now you can take the feedback that you got from the prior show to make this show even better, mm -hmm. and then you just keep going. So speaking is in a sense of you're saying the same thing. You should say the same thing. If you've only said it once, if people don't know your story, like people that know me, they know I'm going to talk about getting robbed at the bus stop. They know I'm going to talk about my car that crashed itself on the freeway. They know I'm going to talk about my mom. They know I'm going to talk about my up. They, there are certain things that you know because I teach through my story. Mm -hmm. And I think another really powerful way to teach people, because people never remember information, it's not fun, it's not cool, it's not exciting, mm -hmm. is to wrap it around either a personal story, a historical story, mm -hmm. or a fun fact. So even saying things like 67% of people don't think anyone would care if you died, mm -hmm. people are like, yo, that's real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's information. And then you tell the story. That means people X, Y, Z, right? That means, and then you hit them with the, what's the point of what you're saying? Mm -hmm. The issue is not strategy. The mm -hmm. issue is worthiness. So now in a, in a, in a, in a bullet point, I've bullet pointed the facts that people are going to remember. And then I think too, when it comes to selling, and I actually learned this from Myron Golden, the goat, I always give shout outs to the whoever goat. I learned from the goat. Love you, Myron. Um, I learned he teaches a lot about when you're speaking, if you're selling inside of speaking, he teaches on resistance versus um, 
what's it called when you have to overcome uh starts with an o overcome starts with an obstacles? o not an obstacle but like not a resistance it's when they tell you no an objection objection so the difference between resistance right and an objection objection means they told you no right mm. resistance is while you're speaking people are already creating in their minds all the reasons why they could never all the reasons why they will never all the reasons why they should never mm -hmm. right do you agree mm -hmm. so when that happens when you can break down the resistance in the stories that you're telling when people are like oh i could never be like you because you're handsome and you look good right or people are to say oh sarah i could never be like you because you're pretty and you're in shape okay well inside of my story when i talk about how i was 38 pounds heavier when i talk about how you could never be me who the girl that used to have to call her mom every single month asking for help to pay her rent mm -hmm. when i had to dig in the couch for change to put gas in my car when i had to choose between groceries in my fridge or gas in the car when my car crashed itself and i had to choose well, I don't have anybody here that could drive me. I had to take two buses and a train, two and a half hours one way, three hours ride back because success does not come to me. I have to go to it. When you start saying all of those things, people are like, well, damn, maybe it's just the work works, mm. not that Sarah works. Mm. And if you do the work, then anything is possible. So I think that if you're selling, break down the resistance so that you don't have any objections mm -hmm. that you have to overcome. Mm -hmm. And when you are speaking, tell stories because people people place themselves inside of your story mm -hmm. they relate more to you it makes you more of a human especially when you're attractive mm -hmm. i feel like that's a whole it's a whole other ball game whole other power within itself so how do you relate your story at the bus stop and run out of gas into um, a lesson or how do you try to um what's the word how do you try to, you know what I'm saying? How do I make it work? How do I relate that to the people? Yes. Like, like what part of the story is yes, that? Yes, you tell the story, but <clears throat> how does it help people? It helps people because so many people, again, the issue isn't strategy. So many people disqualify and discredit themselves, right? And whatever we fight for, we get to keep. What is the story? What is the story? A story could no, be- No, no, what is the story at the bus stop you get robbed? Oh man, so when I, my car crashed itself, right? I had a car that used to squeak. Crashed itself. Crashed, I was driving, but don't ask me any questions. It's just how it happened, right? It used to squeak on every block. It was like, yeah. you can hear me coming from forever away. It was so embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I would literally park down the block, like, so no one saw me getting out of my car because I would be as dressed up as I can be <laughs> <laughs> getting out of this terrible car. It was horrible. Um, and so that car crashed itself on the freeway while I was driving. We're not gonna talk about it. Um, and so in that moment, I lived in Hollywood, California, and my mentor was in Torrance, California. And it was a 45 minute drive there and back. Mm -hmm. And I had a choice. Okay, well maybe this is God saying, I shouldn't do it. Or maybe this is God giving me, you know, the, the sign that this just isn't for me. Or maybe this is God saying, how bad do you really want it? Mm -hmm. Right? How bad do you really want it? Mm -hmm. So I started taking two buses and a train, two and a half hours one way, three hours ride back, just so I could be around my mentor. Success does not come to you. You have to go to it. So while I'm telling this entire story, the point is, number one, you need mentorship. Mm -hmm. Inside of this whole thing, I'm talking about mentorship. Inside of this whole thing, I'm talking about do you have the mindset to reprogram yourself to look at things differently? Can you disrupt your perspective? Yeah. Because obviously we know what happens when we do the same thing. We've mm -hmm. seen it. Look at your parents, look at your grandparents, look at your great-great-grandparents. It probably looks very similar, right? Mm -hmm. 
But if you want to do something different, you have to be someone different, which means you have to look at things differently, mm-hmm. right? So inside of that story, it's all about overcoming the, the BS. Because every time you make a decision to do something great, adversity comes up. We know that, mm-hmm. right? Are you ready for it? It's like, let's say that someone was going to sign up for my, my coaching back when I was speaking, right? If you're going to sign every time you make the decision, boom. Oh, well, now I have to go pay for this. How bad do you really want it? When you give people the tools that say it's not over until, when you give people the tools that say no matter what, like hell or high water, death is the only thing that can stop me, they stop looking at the one thing to blame and they, they lock on to why, they, like why they're even doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it really depends on what the point of the, 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 the speaking engagement is. Mm-hmm. Are you going to sell? Are you going to inspire? Are you going to motivate? Are you going to teach? Like it, and based on that, that's where your bullet points come from. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is just you tell the same story in a different way. Are you going just to teach? Or do you have something to sell? I do have something to sell. Yeah, I, yeah. I have online courses, I have audiobooks, mm-hmm. all the things, I have t-shirts. But honestly for me, um, and I guess I should say, I've been semi-retired the last three years now. There's also that. So I feel like for me right now, I'm working on a patent that I'm really excited about. And um, that's my billion dollar exit strategy to all of the things. And I just get to build schools and help provide clean water and all of the things. Um, but In what country? All the countries. Oh. I want to start in Africa. I want a house in Ghana. I want to be in Costa Rica. I want to be in Mexico. I want to be in Canada. I want to be in the States. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. There are so many places right here in the United States that need help. And I'm Canadian, so obviously that too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, most of the time I go to teach and inspire. I don't do a lot of selling anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I do more of my heart work and less of my hard work, you know? You're, really, you're a really good speaker. And it, it just flows just so perfect. It's just like... Thanks! It's like... It's like you're rapping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a mixtape. Watch. Okay. I really am. Let's chill out. <laughs> Relax. We're jumping the gun here. Do too much, huh? Do too much. So um, you you be around Myron Golden, um, a, a lot of high level entrepreneurs, yes. high, high level businessmen, people, not men, just people. Uh huh. Um, what does that do for you? How does that help you in your life? Because if you're already successful, yeah. Um, what does that do for you? Keeps you hungry, to be <laughs> honest, because, and you know, I really just got my place out here. Yeah. I still have my place in LA. And when I'm in LA, my lifestyle is Pilates and facials and manicures and brunch and whatever else I want to do. And when I started coming to Atlanta and getting around y'all, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I could go so much harder. Oh my God, I could go so much harder. I could go so much harder. Yeah. So I feel like getting inside of the space where people are inspiring, you know, like, like girl, you're good, but you could be so much better, mm-hmm. you know? And then uh, I think that the conversation is different, you know? And, and I love these circles, but I have a different circle that's even more kind of like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, whoa, mm-hmm. super, like no access to, hard to get into, mm-hmm. the, everybody, wild, mind blowing, you know what I mean? And you get around these people and it's like, okay, 
okay. <laughs> you know, okay, Sarah, you could go so much harder. Mm -hmm. So I'm somewhere between I want it and I got it. And uh, I think that I just enjoy, I enjoy the, the inspiration and the conversation that comes with the circle. Was that a Drake bar? That was definitely a Drake <laughs> bar. <laughs> Definitely I a like Drake that. bar. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Now, when I see you around these people, at first I was kind of confused. Like, what is Sarah doing around these people? Uh-huh. How did she even get in the room? Uh-huh. And but it inspired me. I was like, you know what? I have to be in these rooms. Like, Come I have on. to be around these people. Yeah. And it is motivation within itself. And I know I could just I could even imagine what you're learning in just by having conversations. Yeah. And just like you said, okay, back in LA, you're Pilates and facials and Chill. stuff like that. Like your day to day <clears throat> is not hearing the, like because what you take in is what makes your life. So you're taking well, in LA, you're just doing you. It's like well, I'm, I'm good, I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then when you get around these people, it's like I really ain't got it. I ain't got enough. Right. <laughs> and and you like you, when you hear these conversations, even like everybody that's around me, just tie. Oh, I, I just I got, a, I got a one point five million dollar crib. Yep. Damn. Yep. Every morning he calls me with some, some new information. Yeah. How much money we, we need to make or this is what we need to do or like Mitch or anybody. Yeah. David Shans. It's a it's a lot of people that just Dave's on next level. Man. He's so low key, but he is David Shans. I just want you to know I see you. Mm. And I tell him all the time. He's next level. Mm -hmm. Next mm. level. David but he's Shans. low key. David Shans, thank you. He he takes the time out just to reach out and you know just to give me game like hey man pull up on me and you got to see this i love that about him let me let me show these numbers yeah this is what you're doing wrong yep and people uh well at first <clears throat> when i paid him x amount of dollars for his his mentorship i was like man maybe it's not worth it but um i think for every mentorship that i paid it kind of grew into like some type of friendship i never mm. try to push myself on people but it's, it's at a point where like he feels comfortable where I'm not just that person that's, that's needy and he feels like well I can give now you yeah. know like he he just, can trust you to give yes so which the, is a big deal very big deal because it's who you're being mm -hmm. you're not a taker you bring value mm -hmm. right I think that's a big part of getting into these rooms very true most people are takers. very true takers and, they, and you can feel the energy like yes. they just want to be around so they can grasp enough information to and you'll never hear from these people again period Take the information, run with it, and use it, and still need some information to try to come back. And Hold still up. drop the ball, too. They be <laughs> dropping the ball out here. Like, if you're going to do it like me, just ask me, okay? Facts. Shout out to David Chance. And, and he supports the, the brand as well. Like, man, give me a whole bunch of shirts. I'm a, he wears on his podcast. Yeah. We're, like, I, I don't even know. It's just God. Yeah. God did. Dave is amazing. Today's episode is brought to you by Rich and Unemployed Clothing. Listen, have you guys checked out the website? Have you guys copped some merch? You can do so while watching this episode right now. So if you haven't done so, go ahead. It's right there at the bottom. Go ahead, click, go to the website, go ahead and copy some merch. Man, we got these new hoodies in. We got headscarves in. We got hats. We got caps. We got the black and gold rich and unemployed cap. So make sure you guys tap in, grab some merch while watching this episode. Because listen, I'm giving it to you, giving it to you good. Wait, pause. All right, back to the episode. Speaking of motivation, um, you recently got into a relationship <gasps> with with um, a gentleman. A gentleman. Yes. I love this guy. We ain't got to say his thing. Yeah. But um, pretty special. Does he do the same thing for you as you know, like being like a mentor type of situation? Because mm -mm. he's on. He said no. 
No, I wouldn't. I don't know. Not a mentor. No, no. Let me say. Let me say this. <clears throat> By the people you surround yourself with, since he's such a hardworking guy, does that rub off on you? No, I'm. I'm very much in my lane. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I'm. I'm very much in my lane, and I'm coachable. But there's never been like a sit down. Let me show you X, mm -hmm. Y, Z. But he doesn't. I'm not the kind of person you have to sit down and show. If I'm, if you're around me and you're doing work, I'm gonna listen to what you're saying and implement right away. Yeah. So even like, um, and maybe some of y'all figure out who it is by this little nugget right here. But and he's gonna be on your show. But one of the things that he talks about all the time is how to make your money work for it, work for itself five mm -hmm. times over, mm -hmm. right? And so you have these different ways of making your money work from yourself by itself. And I'm like. I never heard this information in my life, you right. know, because a lot of us don't really learn fin like true financial literacy. Yeah. And even the financial literacy out there, most of it is just regurgitated information that's shallow anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't really know the way. Mm -hmm. um, so what I love about him is he's been at it for 16 years now. And um, I, I he really knows his stuff. Like, I love that about him. He really knows his stuff. And if anything, that just makes me more inspired to get deeper into my stuff, mm -hmm. which is very different from his because we're in two completely different lanes. Um, but it's just the conversations and we both bounce ideas off of each other. It's so funny because right now I'm speaking and I'm working on my patent and I'm like, I'm not taking anything else on until my patent is done mm -hmm. because I'm like a pit bull. Like I don't let it go till it's dead. Like, mm -hmm. let me just finish. <laughs> and um, most recently, I don't even know why, but I really love gowns, like ball gowns, and I love to wear ball gowns, and I'm like, I love them so much, I, I've already bought too many, and what am I doing with all of these gowns? And so I was just over here thinking, and I was like, I think I'm gonna start a gown line, right? Because I usually buy my gowns from the same place, and I can buy them and sell them retail, and all the, like, you know, whatever, put it, do drop shipping, whatever, and just, why not? Because mm -hmm. then I get to model my beautiful gowns and then just get paid for it to do what I love doing. So it's really simple stuff like that, that we can bounce ideas off of one another. And I think that we're really good at um, supporting one another. Like even sometimes it's like, sometimes you just want to talk about business. You don't even want a response, right? I just want somebody that I can, I just want to say this out loud. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, who do you want me to be? You know, like who, like you want feedback or like what, what are we doing right now? So, mm -hmm. um, what I love about him is he is really and truly one of the most incredible people I've ever met. And he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And he's open to evolution on both sides, me learning from him and him learning from me. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we have, you know, a really, a really special relationship. And I'm, I'm shout out to you, babe. Love you. Um, but, uh, but I really and truly just feel like, um, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to a relationship, one of the most important things, you just said this, like you've got to make sure, who you choose is the most important choice you'll ever make in your life because it determines on where you go inside of it. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily mentored, but we definitely push one another. Mm -hmm. Was that kind of the question? Do we push each other maybe? I don't know. It was more so, um, <clears throat> it was more so about choosing your partner oh. um, in, in that type of sense. So. Because, well, the bar that you just said before all that, you was like, um, I don't wait for him to teach me. I don't wait. Like, I listen. Mm -hmm. And I think for some women, um, they kind of sit and wait. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like just teach me, teach me. Or, mm -mm. And really all you have to do is just sit around and just listen and, and gather information. Yeah. And 
Let me get to this question. How can I word it right? <laughs> um, having this multi-millionaire guy, how do you add value to this man? Oh man, I should ask him that question and he'll tell you far better than I could. Um, but honestly, really and truly, I think one of the biggest things that I've, we talked about this on the last podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I choose top 1% men, period, right? So for me, because I understand the psyche and um, the need of that kind of man, I think a lot of women think that they want that kind of man until they get one, right? And it's like, they don't know how to, how to like deal with, can you deal with the fact that your man is busy? Can you deal with the fact that he may not actually want a response at a certain time when you feel like you want to weigh in? Can you deal with the fact that he does want a response? Do you know how to be that person that can give them for you to weigh in? Can So there's so many different areas, but if I were to answer the question, and I really feel like you should ask him this question because he'd know better than I do, um, but I think one of the main things that he feels for me is support in all ways and peace in knowing like I've got his back no matter what. And I don't care if he goes flat broke because we're both the kind of people, I know I've lost it before and built it back up. Mm -hmm. So we're both the kind of people where if we lost absolutely everything, you take away the bags and the shoes and the cars and the houses and all those things, those don't validate who we are. They're just things we collected along the way, (laughs) right? Who we are is who we are. And so no matter what, he knows and I know that we are both riders and we will we we will figure it out, you know, or figure it out kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll say that um, what I bring to him is he knows like you don't have to you don't have to wonder about me. You don't have to, to question like, am I going to leave if things don't go well? <laughs> you don't have to think about um you know, just the normal, like the, like, I, I don't even know how to answer the question. I'm like, what is, what is the real answer? I don't, I don't know. Ask him. I, I'm like, can we call him on the phone? Um, but I, I would say that I think that, you know, I, I bring, I bring a lot to the table. I mean, you said peace. That's major. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. That's major. And honestly, it's not always easy to play that role, Mm. you know, because sometimes when you are and vice versa, when you are the successful person or you're with the successful person, there are seasons where you're not always going to be top priority, you know, and that's not easy to take. Mm -hmm. Like as an example, my man travels all the and so do I. We both travel all of the time. And there are times where he wants me to be with him and mm-hmm. I can't be there. And there are times where I want him to be with me and he can't be there, you know? And then you gotta deal with yourself and the way that you deal with your own emotional, I miss my partner, oh there's tension, all of those different things. But are you emotionally intelligent enough to be able to say, I understand that I'm having a human thing that's happening. This is a human experience mm-hmm. and it's valid. However, don't lash out at your partner because the truth of the matter is you just miss them. Mm-hmm. You know, are you able to, to talk on the phone without an attitude? Are you able to love on each other when you are missing each other? You know, can you be peace inside of the storm? Do you know when it's appropriate to bring up an argument or not? Are you okay with not disrespecting your person in a public place when they, when they do say something that's crazy or they might have the wrong tone with you? Are you open to allowing that person to grow into what it is that you're asking for? So there are so many different things that I think that 
people forget about inside of relationships, you know, and, and, and I'm grateful that both of us are the kinds of people where we bring value to one another because we both are open to evolution. We're both open to growth. And most importantly, we're both open to the hard conversations. That is the hardest part, I think, inside of relationships. People want to hide or tiptoe around. No. And, and also there's times where I'm like, hey, babe, did you want feedback? And you'd be like, nope. I'm like, okay. And some people need to, well, I need to give you this right now. I need mm -hmm. to give you this. No, if they said no, it's not the time, you know? Can you be emotionally intelligent enough to do it? And vice versa. There's times where, where he's like, I want to tell you something. I'm like, mm, probably right now is not the best time. Like, I'm not going to hear you right. You know, I want to make sure that I, I'm, I'm, I'm centered back into, I know you're come from, you know? And when you know that your partner's got you, mm -hmm. you know that their come from is like out of love, <clears throat> just might be a little jacked up. Um, I think that that changes a relationship too. So I think we have a very valuable relationship and um, I think that it's, it's, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying and he's an incredible person. I love that answer. It was really long and I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I get the best one minute clip okay. for you this time. <laughs> this time I won't, I won't set you up for failure. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think? What do, what do you bring to your partner? Whew. I think right now I couldn't answer that. Um, I'm not hard question. Um, well, I mean, as a man, I think that you know I bring um, support. I bring um, security. Yeah. And you know, security as in financially, mm -hmm. um, physically. Mm -hmm. And I'm a really good listener. I'm a really good lover. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I'm I'm very selfish. I can say that, but it's only in the in the state that I'm in right now. Because yeah. like when I'm when when I have my my eye on something, when I have a goal. Mm -hmm. It's it's sometimes I kind of forget about a person. Yeah. And I don't think I'm wrong for it because no. you know this is my life, and I have to I have to get there. Because let's just say for an example, a, a relationship I had five years ago. If I was to take attention away from what I'm trying to do, and I give it to you, and yeah. we're not together a year from now, it's like why why? So you have to. When you're in a relationship, I think you have to understand, like, if this person is on a mission. Yeah, you got to help the you mission. Gotta, you help the mission. Don't hinder it. Don't hinder it. Don't don't stress me out. You're right. You know, bring me peace. Right. And, and how can you help me get there faster? Yeah. Oh, I said that the other day on Instagram. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. There are, there are, there are literally times right now where I feel like for every woman out there that wants to date a, um, a top 1% <clears throat> masculine male... Um, mass, let me say masculine energy person, um, that if you want to date that person, then you have to understand that there are seasons inside of relationships mm -hmm. and that you're not always going to be top priority. And if you bring the stress inside of that, now they're already stressed out with all of the priorities because they want you to be a priority. But right. the reality of it is, if this is what's keeping you know, the business going or whatever it may be, and that needs to be dealt with, I think so many people get caught up inside of, well, they're selfish. People are like, well, what about me? Get busy. To my ladies, get, get busy, busy, okay? Learn a new skill, take up dancing, singing, acting. I don't know what it is, but get busy. Like you, you just, you gotta get busy. And I know, um, you know, there's, there's, just get busy. That's what I would say. That's, that's all I can say. Man, that should be a whole show went in itself. Get busy. Get busy. That's the problem. I don't think yeah. they're busy enough. You don't, your mind is not occupied. Right. Enough, and you're, you're so worried about your partner and, you know, 
how much time he's giving you what are right. you doing you notice everything when you're when you're when you don't have anything to think about mm-hmm. you notice everything mm-hmm. oh well he's liking this picture on instagram and not my pictures or he's not watching my stories or like you know whatever it may be i don't know but yeah. i'm just saying like you <clears throat> notice all of the bad and you start to forget the good you know because you're you're you're, you're an idle mind is a devil's playground that is mm-hmm. the truth and i believe it ten thousand percent so there's that man I hope I hope if you ain't get nothing out of this, you got that. <laughs> Seriously, I really hope so. Um, Cause I've dealt with women that just, you know, wasn't busy enough, mm. and they would put the blame on you know me. Mm. Oh well, you don't do you're not doing this, but well, what are you doing? Right. <clears throat> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be business, you know. No, it doesn't. It could be going to the gym. Mm-hmm. It could be hanging with your family. It could be st- starting a new skill. It could be learning something new. It could be learning a new language. Like mm-hmm. your life is not dependent on your partners. Your life is still your own. As a woman, our lives are still our own. And I think that a lot of people, they just miss miss it. And so they release it. They surrender it because mm-hmm. they um, haven't developed that emotional intelligence. Dealing with the one, the top 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about the money. No, it's absolutely not. Mm-mm. What is it? It's about the person. Mm-hmm. It's about, for me, when I think of, when I think of, when I think of the man that I want to build a life with, and I think of the man that I want to start a family with, I think of a man that thinks enough of himself and others to be successful. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's selfish to be broke. I'm sorry to say that, and I'm probably going to catch a lot of backlash on that nope. one. Nope. But it's the truth. I think it's really selfish to be broke because you can't do anything for other people, let alone yourself. And I feel like when, for me, like it's not about, oh, let me buy me this or take me here or do that. Like I have every intention of building schools in Africa and helping to provide sanitized water and um, you know all, just all of the things. I want to have programs for youth at risk and mm-hmm. foster girls. I want like there's so many things that I want to do that I feel like if I wasn't with a partner that also desired to be a contribution, I wouldn't do it because I feel like most women, our truest desire is to be a helpmate, even though whether we're successful or not. Mm-hmm. I don't desire to be masculine Sarah and my house. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I could be businesswoman, philanthropist, serial entrepreneur. I could be all the things of that in the world. But when I get into the house, I wanna follow my man's lead. So if your lead is going nowhere, I don't choose you. I powerfully choose the man that says, I owe it to myself, to my family, and to others to make a point. Like, what's the point? You know, it's so funny. I just heard Keenan say today, like, I didn't celebrate my birthday for two years in a row, and my wife threw me a party, and I didn't even go to the party, and she had to show up and tell people for me, like, I'm not coming to this party. He's like, what's the point of having a birthday when my name doesn't mean anything? The day of my birth, and my name was made, and all with my name doesn't mean anything. And I feel like that just resonated for me so deeply because literally if from like, and, and I think it goes back to, we all have different ways of how we feel significant on the planet, right? Whether it be power and prestige, whether it be money, whether it be contribution, whether it be inspiration, like there are actual categories and how people feel significant. I feel the most significant when I'm giving stuff away. 
I feel the most significant when I'm living a life filled with love and and you know just that's that's how I feel the best. So I need a husband that wants the same thing. I don't desire to be with a man that's like, oh well, you know, I gotta choose between. No, that's not my life, and I don't choose that life. And when I have a daughter one day, if I have a daughter instead of a son, I will teach her the same exact thing. It's really selfish, and not just for a man, but also for any person. It's mm. selfish to be broke. What Sorry, a, y'all. What a great answer. That's a, I'm gonna get eaten alive. You know, I that's, know. You know that's going on Instagram. I, I'm getting eaten alive. It's going on. It's going on. I am ready <laughs> to be eaten alive. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think they're gonna come after you like that. Oh, they will. But it's. I'm prepared now. But that was that was the best way to answer that question. Thank you. That was the best way. I, I don't think. What's I think your that, answer to that question? Why do you need to be a successful man? Why do you need to be in the top 1%? It's because it's not just about me. It's, yeah. it's for everybody that's around me, for the next generation. And whatever I can do in this lifetime to, to help the people around me and the next and the next and whatever I can do, yeah. I'm going to do it now. Yeah. Like, I don't want this to be a life wasted. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like it's my duty. I feel like it's me and my family. I'm going to be the person that 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 changes this trajectory of brokenness yeah you know poorness yeah you know like i can't like i don't want my child to go through it i see my parents go through it. i see my mom working double shifts i hated it you know i hated it and yeah. you know like me growing up and you know i needed money yeah and you know, I didn't always choose the right path to right. make money, but I knew I had to make it. Right. <laughs> um, but now, okay, going through all that, I figure, you know what? Okay, I don't have to. I don't have to go that route. It's so many ways to to get it. Yeah. And that that route is not going to get me as far as I really what I'm really trying to get to. It's not going to build generational wealth. It might be a stepping stone, right. but it's not going to actually take me to like heights. Yeah. You know, Myron Golden heights. You right. Know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> those, right. Those right. Type of numbers. Yeah. You know what I'm so. That's why. Yeah. I feel like it's it's my duty. I I I respect that. Mm-hmm. I respect that. And that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Top 1% men, this is how they think mm-hmm. most of the time. Mhm. And some of them just think I want the money, the power and the prestige and that's okay too. I wouldn't choose them though. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's crazy that you say that if he lost it all like I'm a, I'm going to be worth him because he can get it back. You know what's crazy? So my ex, right? My ex had an 18,000 square foot house in Beverly Hills and a house in, my, uh, in um, uh, Malibu. And I believe, even though we still haven't really talked about it, I believe that he lost it all because things started hitting the fan, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And he came to stay with me for a year, you know? And it's okay. One, like one of, that, that's a real story from one of my exes. I'm not the, I don't need, you know, all of the, it's not about the things. It's about number one, are you, it, can we get it back? Can mm-hmm. we do it again? You know, like, mm-hmm. and, or are you, because the, there are so many people that when, when, when life starts falling apart, some people hit a fetal position, mm-hmm. I'm swinging with mm-hmm. everything that I have. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going out without a fight. And mm-hmm. I've never lost because of that. Because the only way for you really to win against me is death. That's it. Like, literally, that, that's, that's it. And so for me, um, 
you know, my man has got to be the same because I want to follow his lead. Mm -hmm. So when you know, number one, you're already a pit bull on your own and then you got another one behind you or you're already the king of the jungle, a lion, you're already a king, you're a lion by yourself, mm -hmm. but then you got a lioness behind you that's ready to fight, that's ready to feed the family, that's ready to go out and hunt, that's ready to do all of these different things. What could stop you? <laughs> Nothing but death. But death. You know, so I feel like inside of that, I, I desire to be the feminine inside of my relationship. But in this world, don't come for me or mine because we throw hands. And I don't even mean literally. Mm -hmm. I mean like spiritually, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. you know, all of the different ways. Oh, we could fight. It's a battle <laughs> to the blessing, okay? It's a battle and I will fight it. Mm. Okay. I got one last question for you. Oh. I hope y'all like this interview because I know this is a little different. It's going viral. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Okay. Um, dealing with this top 1% man. He has kids. <gasps> yep. How do you... God, here we go. How do you deal with a man that, that has kids by someone else and you being the new girlfriend? How do you you know, step into his life and accept that. <sighs> Next question. I know. I knew you were going to ask me this question. And I feel like I'm prepared for the answer. I do feel like I'm prepared. Okay. So I feel like, um, I feel like when you're dealing with a person that has kids, it is so important for the man to set boundaries. Because I'm the kind of woman where um, I'm, I'm like Auntie Sarah to everybody. I'm a mm. maternal person. I love kids. I have two God babies. I have 12 nieces and nephews. And they all know me. Like we mm. snuggle in the bed. We play all the things. My older nieces and nephews, we talking on the phone. We could talk about boys, all of the things. Like I love, I love, and I love deep and I love real, which is why my circle is very small because I only have so much capacity, mm -hmm. you know? So when it comes to children, I feel like, Whatever my man says is really what I'm going to trust. So if the man does not set the boundary, because a lot of the times, you know, you'll hear on both sides, maybe the man would say to the woman that's dating, I don't want them to meet my kids. Or the woman would say to the man, I don't want them to meet my kids because it hasn't been long enough or whatever the reasoning is. I think that it's very important for, in my case, because I'm the woman dating a man with kids because I don't have kids yet. I think that it's very important for the man to be able to say, thank you for how you feel. I appreciate your feedback. However, these are my kids too. And I'm going to raise my kids too the way that I see fit. Mm -hmm. And I would never put my children into danger. I would never put my children into a situation that would harm them. Right? And so I feel like whatever that looks like for my man, I'm going to trust his lead as far as when it's time to meet the kids, to play with the kids, to do all the things with the kids, because it really has nothing to do with me. Now, naturally, I want to say, come over to the daughter. We could do your hair. Let's watch movies. Let's go get our nails done uh, to the son. Like, yeah, let's go in the pool. Let's like naturally. That's what I want to do. So the challenge for me is by um, holding back because that's not what I do naturally. I just, I'm a wave. I want to just right over you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but inside of this, I have to respect the boundaries that he puts in place. Um, 
and they have to respect the boundaries that they put in place. And I hope that it can be something that is cordial and it can be something that is, uh, what's the word? I don't know, it could just be simple, but in, in most cases, when dealing with emotions, mm-hmm. that's not always the case. And I think they're both emotional, you know? I feel like when you're dealing with a person and people try to position kids and, I've seen some really, and I've dated men with kids before. I dated a man with a kid before, and I'm not trying to be anyone's mom. I think that too is important. Like for me and her, I would love for us to have a respectful relationship one day. Like maybe we could all be at a barbecue Mm -hmm. chilling. That would be dope to me because I'm not trying to take your place. Right. You know, I can never be those children's mother. I can't be their mother. You know, I could be, you know, Miss Sarah or whatever you want to call me because one is older than the other. Like I don't, I don't. I don't know, but I would hope that whoever the woman, or I know who the woman is, with with you, any situation, mm-hmm. right? Whoever that woman may be, that um, they know that your kids are safe with me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be the person that's paying more attention to their dad while your kids are there. I'm the kind of woman that's going to be like, oh, we all need to play. You know, let's set up the kids' bedrooms. Let's make sure they have their favorite stuffed animals. Let's make sure they have their favorite snacks. Let's make sure we're doing things to keep themselves engaged. So I want to trust the lead of my man and it's really up to him. And if shit hits the fan, I believe it's his fault. And if it doesn't, then kudos to him. But I, uh, I am a bonus in this situation and bonuses aren't always necessary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the bonus mom, mm-hmm. it's not always necessary. Bonus person, it's not always necessary. Mm-hmm. But it is sure nice to have the option. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a struggle. I'm not, it's a challenge for sure. But at the end of the day, my challenge is holding back my who I want to be inside of their life mm-hmm. and being like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm walking a thin line. But I just have to respect it. I don't even know if I answered the question. Dating men with kids? I think so. <laughs> what is your answer? Because you don't have kids I yet either. Kids. Could you? Da- you don't have kids? No, I don't. Oh, I was like, I thought you said I have kids. I was like, what? Mm-mm. How would? Could you date a woman with kids? Um, before my answer, maybe a year ago, uh, my answer would have been no. Um, and it's only because kids love me. Yeah. I love kids. Yeah. So when I meet kids, you know, it's just natural it's just natural for me to just gravitate towards me they gravitate towards me and yes. now we have this bond and you know me and your mom break up mm. now i gotta break up too mm. all right little man <laughs> can't play basketball no more <laughs> can't play baseball no more man and oh my god i don't i hate being in that position like yeah. so i mean i haven't dealt with many women too many women with kids mm-hmm. but um and another thing too like lately i've been meeting women with kids Mm. And I'm a little more open to it because, I mean, they're women and, you know, they're more nurturing, you know. Whoa, whoa, stop. Because I'm so tired of hearing okay, that. No, no, listen, listen. I'm so <laughs> sick of it. Okay, they that are. Not that you, no, they're not. Okay, well, listen. They're more motherly. No. <laughs> <laughs> they have kids. The, the, they might be more motherly. That doesn't mean they're more nurturing. Okay, well, they're more motherly. And but do you want a mom in a relationship? No, I don't. No, so I don't. what are you talking about? It's, it's the, okay, anyway. No, we gotta talk about it. We, I'm not letting this one go because I'm so sick of hearing now, it. Not nurturing, but you know, women with kids, they're just a little more. Um, 
I can't say all of them, you know, because I meet women I without kids. I don't have kids, and I think I'm very nurturing. You and are loving but, but and kind. Everybody's not Sarah. I mean, I know, but that's because Sarah's Sarah. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of women out there that are mm-hmm. nurturing, it's just women with and kids. kind, and loving. It's just women with kids. You know, they they make sure you eat. You know, <laughs> it's just little things. I can't really explain it. But to I, my I haven't, man, I haven't <laughs> check him when you come on this show, okay? Please really check him with. Too many women with kids, but um, yeah, lately I've been dealing with women with kids and I, I kind of accepted it a little more, but I don't meet their kids. How long do you, have you dated them? What's the longest? It, this hasn't, it's really been recently, like a few months in type of situation. Like now. two, three months or longer? A couple months, maybe a couple like weeks. Two. I just, oh. I just been meeting well, women. Well, I mean in two weeks you shouldn't meet somebody's kids. Right, I just been meeting women and I just. So when do you think is the appropriate time to meet the kids? I guess when we're serious. When I actually become your man. Really? Yeah. I can't just be, oh, he's your uncle. You know, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uncle. been like the uncle before? No, not yet. No, no. But, so you um, feel like when you say, you're my girlfriend, that's when it's like, all right, I'll meet your kids. It, yeah, when it's serious. So then what if then you build a bond with these kids and then you have to say, all right, yeah, little we, man. We, have a, we can be forever friends not at this point. How long does it take you to say, will you be my girlfriend? Do you ask girls, will you be my girlfriend? I just tell them. You just say you're my girlfriend now? Yeah. Shut the front door. Shut up. <laughs> the last time I asked somebody, no, I asked the last, my last girlfriend, I said, I asked her properly, you want to be my girlfriend? Oh. Or some sentimental shit. Everyone else, I love sentimental. Look, okay, guys, the sentimental stuff is winning out here, okay? It is. I love sentimental. One time, I wrote on some, <laughs> I wrote the note that said, would you be my girlfriend with the boxes on some, on some, Cute shit. I love that. It is very cute. <laughs> I love that. I think that's really cute. It is really It worked cute. though. It worked. Yeah, of course it worked. And yeah. girls try to fake it like they don't like that stuff. We do. Okay? Yeah. We do. We like romance. Mm-hmm. We like the cute, sentimental. Look, y'all, I'm talking to y'all. We like the cute, sentimental, romantic stuff, is all I'm saying. Yeah. The good guys are still winning, guys. Yeah, I'm still a good guy when I want to be. My guy's a good guy. No, he's definitely a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, kids, challenge. All right. <laughs> it's been a really good episode. Um, it's been all over the place. I didn't expect it to. With Miss Sarah. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk about helping women create businesses, but I think they, they got enough from. No, you know what I would love to say? One final thing, and I know we have like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Fast version. For women that are in business, a lot of the times when women will try to use being a woman to get people into their business, and I don't even mean where they take it to a physical point, but they'll flirt a little bit, mm-hmm. or they'll open up the door, give people the idea that it's okay, I just want people, and, and sometimes people are like, oh yeah, it's really easy for you to build business because you have a symmetrical face, right? Whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times inside a business, you might get quick volume, quick numbers, quick money, but it's not sustaining because no man is going to continue to support your business if they're not getting what they want over time, mm-hmm. right? And so it's better to build a business on a cold market even, build a business on, on women, build a business with actually doing the work that works, you know, cultivating the haystack instead of trying to find the needle in the haystack. Mm-hmm. It's so much better to actually build your business than to do it quick because mm-hmm. as quick as it comes is as fast as it'll go mm-hmm. as if you're not building something sustainable and using our womanness 
is not sustainable at right. all. Don't use your body. Don't use your face. I mean, it helps, but it helps. but don't but don't don't make that the the pinnacle. You know right. what I mean? A lot right. of women use flirting and and all like, no, you. I, I use it. I mean, but does it sustain? No, it's just it's just an additional factor to everything else. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it's just something that I know I have, I possess. Okay, let me use it to my advantage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I get you. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Okay, guys. Wise words from Miss Sarah. Give it up for her. They're all right. <laughs> and um, make sure you guys I forgot to even say this like subscribe to the channel make sure you guys check out the merch by the time this come out um, I have these hoodies on sale and um, make sure you guys check out my Patreon make sure you guys check out my Discord where I'm helping guys level up with life and women and everything I'm the one for it until we meet again Rich and Untoyed the podcast well actually the network Number one podcast in the world. How do they find me? Shit. We're going to put your Instagram in the thing. Ms. Sarah Fontenot. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to make sure they find you. <laughs> for sure. Best podcast in the world. They're going to find you after you go viral. You're going viral. Huh? Oh! <laughs> Country Wayne. Oh, man, we forgot to mention that. We have a lot of fun on there. It's a mm. good show. I love Wayne. Wayne, love you. You're so amazing. All right. Peace, y'all. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.